Life Audio. Hey everyone, welcome back to How to Study the Bible. My name is Nicole Eunice. I am your host, and I'm so excited to welcome back Rev Rachel to the podcast. Rachel, hey everyone. Where have you been all of our lives? <laughs> Starting a school year. Starting a school year. That's where I've been. I know. <laughs> tell us more. Okay, so Rachel, tell for the for the people in the back who haven't heard your story. Tell them a little bit about where you are, what you do, and what you love. Hey guys, we're here because the Bible has changed so many lives. So just take a second and think about if you didn't have access to a Bible or you weren't even allowed to have one. This is a reality that many around the world are facing, which is why I want to tell you about one of our partners, Crew. Crew has missionaries in almost every country, and they are seeing people come to know Jesus. There's just one thing they're missing, a Bible in their own language, and that's where you come in. For only $24 a month, you can provide three people with Bibles each and every month. When you sign up to provide three Bibles with a monthly gift of $24, Crew will also provide meals to 12 hungry individuals through their humanitarian aid ministry. Plus, you'll receive a free copy of my new book, Not What I Signed Up For. Simply text STUDY to 71326 to help today. That's S-T-U-D-Y or visit give.crew.org slash study. Again, that's give.cru.org slash study. Message and data rates may apply and available to U.S. addresses only. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. So I am the Dean of Spiritual Formation at Montreal College, which is just a very glorified, sparkly way of saying I'm the glorified campus pastor, campus mom. So I'm definitely mom glorified. Yeah, glorified. definitely. Yes. Definitely. I move a lot of chairs. I was uh, just going to say, every time I call Rachel, she's driving a van. She's like, yes, in, in yes. Like a student in the mix of a student. She's like, I move it. I moved the drum set yesterday morning. I've been driving the van because we've been short staffed. Sometimes I teach the Bible. Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> uh, yeah, you teach the Bible with your words, but also with your actions when you're like bringing someone Tylenol who has a fever. So, yep. which is really really fun, and I love doing it. College kids are great. That's awesome. Tell us something that you loved this summer. What was what was a highlight for you? Oh man. Well, honestly, I think so. One of one of my highlights was I actually got to kind of check a bucket list item off. I got to do a Camino pilgrimage in Spain, if you've ever heard of that. It's a medieval historic route. And so a lot of hiking and praying and drinking wine, which That's, those are like all my favorite like things. And amazing. All the loves in one place. All, all of the loves. A wow. Thousand percent. 
Wow. And it was actually quite formational. Uh, so I'm still kind of coming off that high. Oh, my gosh. That's cool. Is there a, one thing about it that was surprising to you? Yes. So one thing that really stood out to me was every church on the, the hike on the trail in outside of the, the city of Santiago where the cathedral is, every single church was shut and locked huh. except for one. Oh, which is so interesting. And then we got into the cathedral itself and we went to the mass that night and there were over a thousand people from all over the world. And the priest preaches very powerful sermon about come you weary and heavy laden. And Jesus wants to give you rest. So it was just such a striking image of kind of spiritual death, but also spiritual life in places Mm. I maybe didn't expect. Mm. So cool. So cool. I love hearing that. Yeah, great. I we had a great summer over here too in Richmond, VA. Not quite as exciting as yours, but we celebrated just having our kids all together and sending our middle daughter off to college. Um, yeah, at- shout out to Cam. Shout out to Cam over at Davidson College outside of Charlotte, North Carolina. So we are representing the East Coast pretty well between you know you at Montreat and Cam's over there in uh, North Carolina as well. So truth, it's been great. And I hope that you guys are also doing great. We have certainly enjoyed. We loved our summer series. I really enjoyed this last series that we were in um, on how to pray because I know that's just really pertinent. You know, a lot of us have questions. I remember talking to someone recently who mentioned that, you know, I seem to to be vulnerable about my life with God. And I was like, I it's pretty easy to be vulnerable about my life with God when I talk to other people about their life with God. And we're all we're all trying to figure out, like, how do I live in a place where I'm experiencing God every day? How do I settle into an identity of knowing his love and his acceptance? And I think that's just true for all of us. So that's what came out. All a hot mess trying to figure it out. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And comfortable talking about it because of the grace of God. So I wanted to share with you guys. I love to just give shouts out across the world. Obviously, we have tons of people here with us in America, but also shout out to Australia. Australia representing here on Red On the podcast. I know I had a great summer in Australia when I was in college. Um, really, really powerful time in just coming into worship. It was such a, a vibrant time in Australia at the time. So wherever you guys are in Australia, we're super glad that you're with us. You're probably asleep right now, but um, you can get yeah, in later for sure. A couple other shout outs, you guys love your reviews and ratings that you leave for us on the podcast. It actually helps other people find our community. So it's super helpful when you go on to your Apple podcast. I know it's actually really tough to figure out how to leave a review. They don't make it easy, but they really don't. I know for those of you who have persisted in figuring out how to get there and leave a rating and review. Um, hey, thank you for doing so. Give all glory to God. That's a cool handle says this podcast is very biblical. It stays on point and doesn't do too much in one episode, which is high praise because everybody knows that Rachel Rachel and I are on team too much. So it's nice to know that we're true. (laughs) We are that. That is a fact. (laughs) Um, It says not too much opinion, but a great balance of staying to scripture and giving some application. Thank you. Give all glory to God. We appreciate that review. Another one says, I've begun reading this Bible, reading the Bible this year on another Bible recap site, and I just want to grow and understand more of it. I have found your podcast and it helps me so much. You're helping me connect and understand. Um, It's been an incredibly emotional few years for me. Shout out to emotional few years. I think there's a lot of us in that. Amen. And listening to your podcast and the duo of Rev Rachel and you has been heaven sent. You. That's uh, shucks. Yes, that's very kind. That's very kind. (laughs) Yeah, very, very kind. Well, you guys, we're glad to be with you. This is a a highlight of our 
life too. And it's a really fun way that Rachel and I get to connect over scripture. So thanks for letting us be in your life, in your headphones, in your car with you, wherever you are today. All right, Rachel, what are we doing? What where, what are you here to join us for? What what series are we jumping into together? We are we are going big. We are going for the Bible <laughs> highlight reel. So the Bible highlight. What we had a, what was the what did we name it? We had a clever name. We came up Yeah, with it. it's the Bible highlight reel and then yes. something else like dysfunctional families and you know and, di- like, and divine yeah, and divine. I'll look that up. Yeah, yeah it's something like that. that, guys. No, divine. there was alliteration. Don't worry. We'll remember what the title is by the next episode. You guys know we're both preachers, so there was for sure alliteration. <laughs> of course. Otherwise, it wasn't even real. Um, <laughs> but we are going to look at the overview of the narrative of Scripture, because Scripture mm-hmm. is, right, there's a lot of complexity to it, a lot of different kinds of genres, different kinds of styles, different yep. little bitty stories. But they all do fit into this one big story of what God is doing in the world and how God has chosen to redeem creation and to make everything right again. Mm. And so that's what we're going to tackle. The Bible is is not short. I don't know if you've noticed. (laughs) So we're going to have to skip some stuff, not because we don't love it, but because it is muy grande. But Mm -hmm. we're excited. Yeah, it's almost like, you know, sometimes on this podcast, we really dive in and we do like microscope, microscope learning, right? Like we we look closely at words and we we think about transitions and we think about context really deeply. And then sometimes it's really important to actually do the opposite and almost do like a satellite view. A satellite picture kind of gives you the map and the map can help you stay on course and stay on direction, especially when you are in a spot that you kind of don't know what to do with it. So, yeah, like uh, when you get to the passages where the ground opens up and swallows people and you freak out, you're like, okay, don't, it's all right. It's, 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 it's very specific. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're doing, we're uh, at my church here in town. We're preaching through Revelation. So last week was like Jezebel. Yes. It's like, how do you even, where do you even go with this? So yeah, there's some freaky stuff in scripture. And if you go too wild without context, if you if you overdo it in, in certain areas that weren't meant to be overdone in that way, you just like, you need the map, right? And this is like, I know, I'm sure it's fun for you, Rachel. Rachel, you guys know, is extremely scholarly when it comes to the Bible, far, far exceeds my biblical training. But I think you like this. You guys can't see me roll my eyes, but I'm rolling my eyes. <laughs> There's no such thing as an uh, out loud eye roll. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> but so my point is, no matter what kind of student of the Bible that you are, the more important thing than being a student of the Bible is the way we're actually living out our faith, the way we're expressing and giving glory to God in our everyday life. And most of us need a chance to to back up and to zoom out and to look at the map and be like, okay, where am I on this map? Where is God in what can feel like a mess? And the highlight reel is going to give us a chance to to hit some of those big, big ideas that help us kind of stay grounded when we're in the smaller passages. So, right? Is that what we're doing? Yeah, that's the plan. That's what we're doing. Okay. I think so. We, we, and, <laughs> and we added one other thing, guys, because we know, like, uh, you know, I live a busy life. We we all have busy lives. We wanted to make sure that you had a chance to hear the word of God. And we know that we're keeping this podcast short. And so giving you like the whole passage of scripture could take up all of our time. So what we're going to try is we're recording the passages that we're going to be looking at in a separate episode. So anytime you want, you can listen to the passage first and then jump into the interpretation, and it'll just give you a chance to stay on track with us if you prefer to get your Bible on audio. And we have enjoyed being able to do that. So Genesis 1 dropped for you guys to listen to. That's what we're going to be talking about today. So our Bible highlight real Old Testament version starts now. So we're going to start in Genesis 1. Yes. So 
Rach, why don't you kick this off? You know what we do? Just very simple questions that we like to think about. And the first one is just, what does it say? So you and I just read through it. And I'm just curious, what are your observations this time around as you read through the passage? Hey guys, we're here because the Bible has changed so many lives. So just take a second and think about if you didn't have access to a Bible or you weren't even allowed to have one. This is a reality that many around the world are facing, which is why I want to tell you about one of our partners, Crew. Crew has missionaries in almost every country and they are seeing people come to know Jesus. There's just one thing they're missing, a Bible in their own language, and that's where you come in. For only $24 a month, you can provide three people with Bibles each and every month. When you sign up to provide three Bibles with a monthly gift of $24, Crew will also provide meals to 12 hungry individuals through their humanitarian aid ministry. Plus, you'll receive a free copy of my new book, Not What I Signed Up For. Simply text STUDY to 71326 to help today. That's S-T-U-D-Y or visit give.crew.org slash study. Again, that's give.cru.org slash study. Message and data rates may apply and available to U.S. addresses only. Reading it aloud is especially helpful because I'm not sure if y'all may or may not be aware of this, but the, the Bible was originally meant to be listened to, right? You didn't have a lot of copies of it floating around. You didn't have a high literacy rate. It was meant to be heard. So actually, audio Bible is kind of the best way to go in many respects. Yeah. And so there's something about reading it aloud that highlights different aspects. Mm-hmm. And it just... It really kind of settled in as we were reading it just now, just the rhythm of Genesis 1. There's a very intentional, like almost kind of soothing, like white noise machine flow (laughs) uh, that that really kind of strikes me, which we're going to I'm sure we'll get into. And as this always kind of gets me too, is the this this language of human human beings being made in God's image is just that's where kind of the rhythm sort of has this this kind of very interesting ad- adjustment in its pace mm. very intentionally i think uh, yeah. but so that's that's kind of what i caught what 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 grabbed you yeah i mean similarly i think that again hearing it out loud it, it I, I could hear some of the connections that maybe when i'm reading you know especially when something's familiar you can kind of skip over some parts that are happening right and i i heard this rhythm right and there's this sense of order and sovereignty, I guess is what I would say, like a very clear sense that God was very intentionally creating and very much doing it with, you know, I noticed that phrase repeated over and over again, like each one with its kind. Mm-hmm. So there's kind of this order that's developing. And then, of course, that word of like, and it was good, right? So there's this rhythm of kind of rolling out the red carpet of creation, and it all culminates in this passage, same same as you that I noticed, where the rhythm sort of changes, right? It's almost like the bridge. It's like a long, yeah, that's a long great way to put it. Yeah, like where <laughs> where God then connects. He actually connects all that He did under the the guise of like this is all for mankind, right? Like mm-hmm. all of a sudden, everything that He connected, what we're going to govern the night and day, we're going to separate the water, we're going to create all of these plants and animals in their kind, and then there's mankind, and mankind was like everything was sort of built for mankind, which kind of feels crazy to think about. And I think people have misinterpreted that to mean that we can just run like ramshackle over anything on earth because we're like the best. And I don't, I don't think that's what it means. It's definitely not. Yeah, definitely, definitely not. But it almost feels like, look at all that I've given you to like steward, you know, like to live 
into. Um, and I'm probably getting into too much interpretation, but that's what, that's what stands out. Now, of course, I also have questions, right? There's always questions and we're not going to like dive deep into all of these theological arguments, but there's always a question that people are like, is it really seven days? Because it's like on the fourth day, right? It was morning, it was evening. So what does that mean? Like, is it po- how could the earth could have possibly been taken from nothing to something in seven days? I know that's always a question, you know, that comes up. There's the interesting part about like, sounds like, you know, God made us to be vegetarians. <laughs> so yeah, there's always that interesting piece, which, which we can talk about like where that goes if you don't know. Because that definitely deeply connects into the next couple chapters. But those are a couple of things that stick out to me. Anything else for you? I mean, the problem with that question is we could legitimately spend every week for the next three years just in Genesis once. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So there's a bunch of things that stick out. But I I wonder if, I mean, we just got to do a deep dive. We just got to go for it. Yeah. And I know and I know some people I'm just going to say this about the day and night thing. and, And we can we can talk about it. And Rachel, you can add your commentary. But just to to lay that to the side a little bit, I do think we need to ask, like, how does this pertain? So sometimes people get really caught up in that as if the way they understand the created order is the only way it can possibly be, which is is like telling an artist, no, the only color red is this one color red that I can already see on your painting, even though the artist is like, I have like 86 shades of red. You just haven't seen them, right? It almost feels like getting too caught up in that is missing the point. Because if God's a creator of all, God's a creator of how long a day and night is, God's a creator of how he decided to do this, we don't have access to that. We can all conjecture. But until we're, you know, with God face to face, we're not going to know that actual answer. No matter how much people argue it, we will not know objective truth in this in this place. And I think sometimes people get so caught up in it that they actually miss this bigger thing that's happening, right? That's teaching us about God and about order and about creation that is also here in in that. And I don't know if I'm being too simplistic, but that's kind of the way I think about it. Well, and I think that also kind of gets into some of the relevance of the backstory too, if I may, if I may. Yeah, jump in ahead. is that all right? Yeah. Because what we, especially kind of are culturally, one of the, that's the question that many of us are drawn to is that the how of creation but part of what's really important as you're getting into scripture is is learning to ask the questions scripture wants you to ask. Ooh. And in Genesis 1, the how is only moderately important. Uh, Genesis wants you to understand that God made the world, that he made it good, and that he made it intentionally. But the question Genesis really wants you to wrestle with is why. Mm-hmm. Why did God make the world? Mm-hmm. And that is particularly important uh, if you realize how revolutionary Genesis actually is. Mm. Uh, if for those of us who are a product of the Western worlds, Genesis has really kind of been ingrained into Western assumptions for better, for worse, for a mm. long time. But it was totally different from anything the ancient world had ever seen. So all of the ancient, every culture asks questions about how did the world come to be? Why are we here? We all ask that. And the ancient Near East had answers to those questions. But their responses were totally different. And mm. so most of the like the ancient narratives of why creation happened is usually about violence and power. Mm. If you read, for example, if you want to nerd out, Google the Enuma Elish. That is like what every first year seminary student gets to learn about. That's when we start to feel like, oh, we're really seminarians now. <laughs> right? Um, and how they explain creation is there was this epic fight between a god and a goddess, and the god wins, and he splits the body in half of the losing goddess, and that's what—that's how Yuki creates the world—is her like divided carcass, and then human beings are created. <laughs> yeah, it's so gnarly. And human beings are created as slave labor for the gods. That's why humans exist, and that's how the world came to be. So, the assumptions the ancients had about creation were that there were 
multiple gods. They were violent. They were emotionally volatile. And human beings did not matter. And mm-hmm. particularly human beings such as women, slaves, anybody with disabilities, they just weren't important. Those right. were the governing assumptions. And then Genesis comes onto the scene and just totally blasts those assumptions out of the water. Mm-hmm. It's just something completely different mm-hmm. uh, about all of the above. Yeah, I mean, it really turns that whole concept on its head because the idea that the gods are volatile and need to be appeased mm-hmm. is where we get sort of worship of all kinds in the ancient world. And honestly, today, it just looks a little different today. But in the ancient world, it was like, we need to appease all of these different gods who have power over all of these different things. So the fact that God would say all of the world was created intentionally, and so was mankind, not only, but then, I mean, of course, we get into like the crazy revolutionary thing in one, you know, 127. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, and and let's talk about that, because I, I feel like when you or let's go back to your that concept as we get into what does it mean, right? Like, why did God create the world? And I think we find that here in 127, sort of 28 and 29. And I just would love to hear your thoughts on that part of the passage. Oh, man. I mean, the human beings being created in God's image is obviously it's a very fundamental theological concept. There's been a lot of kind of different interpretations of what exactly that means. But kind of across the board, what we're pretty clear on is that human beings are created to be the embodied representation of God in the world. And so God's original plan was to bring about his will in the world through human beings. Mm-hmm. And there are other dimensions of that, right? Our capacity for relationship, our capacity for rationality, right? Those are all part of it. But basically, we are representing God's action in the world in some kind of wild way, and which means there's something deeply, intrinsically unique and valuable about humanity. Mm. And it you cannot possibly overstate what a crazy, insane statement that is. For one, women are included, which was definitely not the case. Mm-hmm. But even more so, again, especially for those of us who are products of of kind of Western thoughts. So, for example, our Declaration of Independence, right? We hold these truths to be self-evident that mm-hmm. all men are created equal, mm-hmm. which is a very interesting statement, because if you actually look at history or American history, there, there's nothing <laughs> self-evident about, about human beings being created equal yeah. and that they are entitled and endowed with certain unalienable rights as life, liberty and the pursuit of happiness. That is not an assumption that anybody's made in world history. But that is exactly what Genesis is saying, is that human beings matter. Every single human being matters and is important to God and is a part of what God is doing in the world. And that is just totally, totally revolutionary. And a reflection of God, which is like, if you really want to push this idea, not not that we are gods ourselves, but that every single person, no matter who, male or female, anyone, anyone you pass on the street today, anyone that you see in your city or your community or your neighborhood, any child, any any old person, any anyone, anyone in between is reflecting the image of God in some matter. Now, some of us, of course, may be reflecting that in a more holistic or integrated way as we've healed and grown in this world. Some of us are very shattered in that way, but that doesn't change the fact that that is the spiritual DNA. That is the actual DNA. It can't be, it can't be altered. Yeah. And as as train wrecked as church history is, there's also really cool moments where uh, Christians and the church at their best have been the first ones to recognize this. So if you think of William Wilberforce, who basically by himself ended the slave trade in the British Empire, or I just learned about this this relatively recently. There's something called the Lunacy Act in the 19th century. And there was this British Earl, Earl Shaftesbury, I think is his name, who passed a law that said people with mental health issues, people who were schizophrenic, who were bipolar, were needed to be treated like human beings because mm-hmm. they're made in God's image. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
And again, nobody had ever really thought about that before. Yeah. That's not how people were treated. Yeah. Um, it's pretty crazy. And, and and that's a really, and I love that we're starting here. Obviously, it's an important place to start. But this is a really important thing to keep in mind, because as we get into the Old Testament and we see conquest and violence and uh, oppression, everything, like one of the reasons why that's very hard for us to understand is because we already put this image of God mindset and we're trying to like put that into the story instead of engaging with the story where it actually is, which is where the culture actually was. And that can be helpful for us to remember, like, this is God's intent, right? This is this is the way it was set up. And now we're going to enter in and engage into this world where that intent has not been necessarily manifest through this early, these early stages. We're going to see how that plays out both now in our world and, and all the ways that that's not manifest. Objectifying, and this is why I think, I remember when my kids were little, Whenever they would call each other names, um, they will they will actually like attest to this. I will be like, you cannot call your sibling a dummy. You may say you have done a dumb thing. <laughs> you can't call them a dummy because anytime you call somebody, you objectify them. You take their humanity away. You make them a, a, a name or a symbol or a thing that makes them less human. So no, everyone's, you know, so I was real rabid about this, but it was related to this idea that what the world is doing, what we do to each other, what what sin does is it it makes us objectify hmm. people to sort of remove some of their humanity. So you're not, you're not my friend, you're a Democrat. You're not my neighbor, you're a liberal. You're not my whatever, you're a right-winged crazy person. You're not, you know, just to go mm-hmm. political. But like mm-hmm. any, pick anything like that, you know, you're not, you're not important, you're a kid. Yeah, you know, all of that kind of, so you're not important, you're a boomer. There we go. So like, <laughs> not. it's just, it goes. And, and that's just remember, like, that's still the world we live in. So when we mm-hmm. enter into the stuff that's hard for us to understand in the Old Testament, as we get into it, let's remember, like, this is, this is what was happening in that culture then. And there's things happening in our culture now that 2,000 years from now, we're going to look back and be like, that was crazy. I can't believe that was happening. And it's it's so foundational in a very literal sense that the story of Scripture and of world history starts with goodness, mm-hmm. that creation is good. This physical yeah. world, the animals, the plants are good. Human bodies are good. Yes. And I think Christians, especially for those of us from evangelical traditions, mm-hmm. we we often kind of are reside in the narrative of, you know, we're we're sinners, we're desperate, we need God's grace, yep. scum of the earth. And there's an aspect of that is definitely true, right? That is the narrative of the Bible. We are sin- sinners. We are an absolute hot mess. We do need God's grace. And the Bible starts from a place of of celebration and goodness. We're also yeah. made in God's image. Yep. I think it's a I think it's a rabbinic phrase that human beings are this mixture of dust and divinity. Mm. And and that's so I love their phrasing of that. And mm-hmm. I think we just to give us a balanced view of of human beings, of God's action in the world, we need to recognize how destructive and depraved sin really is and its effects, but also that we really were created good. The world really is good. And God's plan is not to just burn it all down. It's right. to renew it. He wants a new heaven and a new earth. It's yeah. not just to undo everything. He's yeah. He's restoring and making all things new. And mm. that this this aim toward the new creation, which implies the value of the old creation, mm. really kind of frames what happens throughout the next 66 books of the Bible. Mm. So good. So good, Rachel. Thank you. What does it mean for me? That's kind of our last question. So let's just let's just pull our takeaways from today, just from this conversation. I mean, the first thing that comes to mind for me is is that like kind of that last point, like 
do I approach God from the place that his intention is good? <laughs> like his first thought, you know, his first thought toward me, his first thought toward, towards us as humans is as a father, as a creator, as someone who has called this good, you know, the world and myself, regardless of all of those actions and patterns and things that I might shame myself for, God starts from a place of good. And that changes the way you engage. To me, it changes the way I engage with the Lord. Hmm. What I've what's really resonated with, with me is a question that I did not come up with. I have a spiritual Jedi here at Montreal College, Mr. <laughs> Donovan Graham. He is a really extraordinary man who's been in, in ministry and chaplaincy and teaching his whole life and is just so wise. And he's yeah, my college students are going through this Bible in a highlight reel as well. And so we were kind of chewing on Genesis one. And the question he posed for all of us is, where do you notice the image of God in you? And mm. where do you recognize that you reflect God's image and your personality and your gifting. And of course, it's marred and and distorted and fractured by sin. But where do you recognize that you really are the image of God? And where do you see that in your spouse, in your friends, in your Mm. children, in your coworkers? And that has been a really powerful question for me in the last, we did that a few weeks ago. And it's how I'm interacting with other people and even just reflecting on myself that no, I really am like, God made me Mm. and I reflect his image even though I don't do a very good job most of the time, that's in there and that's to be celebrated. Man, so good. I love that. What a great place to end. This has been a great highlight day. Thank you, Rachel, for setting us up. Guys, we'll be back next week with your next passage. And hey, we put together a reading guide for you. So if you want to be reading along in scripture, we actually pulled, and by we, I mean Rachel. Rachel actually, (laughs) but I'm going to claim this with her. As you claim, you claim it. We, 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 by Rachel, pulled highlights from the week out for you so that there's a Monday through Friday reading plan. If you want to do that, I think this will make our conversations each week even more rich. You can find that at NicoleEunis.com. Just head over to my website and you can pull that free reading guide down. And of course, you can always ask questions on socials. You can reach out to me via email. You can get to both of us and we will answer your questions along the way. This has been so fun, Rach. I'll see you next week. Sounds good. Looking forward to it. Talk then. How to Study the Bible with Nicole Eunice is a production of Life Audio and Salem Media. If you like what you heard today, please take a second to rate and review the podcast in your favorite podcast app so that more listeners like you can find the show. For more faith-filled, inspirational podcasts, visit us at lifeaudio.com. Hi, I'm Rebecca Scott. As a servant of God, wife, and mother of four, I understand the juggle of multiple roles and stages. That's why I created the Encourager podcast to help guide us through the messy middle stage of life. Join me on the Encourager as we challenge the chaos and embrace harmony. Together, we'll create practical systems to balance your roles and fulfill priorities. And we will do it while having joy and energy for both home and work life. Tune in for inspiring stories and interviews, actionable tips, and methods to do both home and work life. Because here, we believe you can do all things, just not all at once. 